Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I use the Notes app for all kinds of pervy purposes. Uh, should I say who are you, friend, or should I introduce you? I don't know. You're I think last time you, int- you introduced me, I think that's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so once again I don't again want to steal week, Bex's uh, thunder. It's yeah, mad. don't steal steal valor from Bex. But so Bex is out again this week. Um, he was at kink camp, and then he caught COVID. So I kink uh, camp catches COVID. Yeah, pretty worried about him, but he's okay. If anybody else is worried, like he's he's doing all right. It seems to be a mild case, and he's quarantining, and he's fine. But uh, yeah, so he's taking a week off again, and uh, I have my spouse here. MB Matthew Bischoff to talk more about sex tech and we were both just saying we both have not spoken out loud much today or at yeah. all so our yeah, voices are those, a little <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's okay it's so much less stressful doing a show with you than it is with any guest who I actual get actual about. Uh, real guest <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. I'm, I'm a real guest I know my shit you are You are, but you're also my spouse and my daddy. So one of the questions that we got last week was about apps that are good for kink protocols. And you being an app developer and a massive uh, consumer of apps as well, I knew that you'd be Mm. a good person to ask about this. But I first wanted to talk a little bit about our usage of the Notes app because I think you can get a lot of mileage out of a a simple text-based app that syncs across devices, whether it's Notes or Google Docs or something like that. Like, what are your some of your favorite uses that we that we do with the Notes app for kinky purposes? Yeah, um, I I completely agree with you. I think there's this there's this um, idea that in the kink community that like protocols have to be written in this particular way and and, in this very contractual format and then they need to be signed off on and whatever and like I I don't really feel that way I think like it should sort of match the tenor of your relationship and when we started developing protocols which are for folks who are not familiar like uh, when this happens you know you're going to do this so what's an example of like one of our protocols just so people have something to grab onto um, so I'm supposed to send you a nude selfie every time I get out of the shower or bath, which was something we started doing because due to having depression, sometimes I don't bathe as often as I should. And so if you haven't received a shower nude from me in a while, you know, to be like, Hey, maybe you should take a shower. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, what we have, what we have is a we just use the Apple Notes app, but like you said, you could use Google Docs or anything that supports just sharing a synced note with somebody, and just everything goes in there. And that also makes it really easy to see when new protocols get added or um, or changed. So I, every quarter, I, I think I have a reminder to go through and just like look at all these protocols, make sure we're actually still using them, make sure they still make sense, um, et cetera. Um, also, we use it for... Uh, assignments as well. So if I assign you like a writing assignment or you assign me something, um, that will just show up in the same notes folder and you can like link to it or just call it out as like, okay, here's this writing assignment I did for you. Um, I love that about it as well. 
And we've experimented with with other apps. Like I keep track of my uh, chastity lockups in a shared um, spreadsheet uh, in in numbers. Apple's like uh, spreadsheeting app, and we've played with reminders for like actually assigned tasks with due dates. Um, I just think like the built-in stuff is so good for this, and uh, I have looked into third-party apps, but I, I tend to use the built-in ones. Yeah, on the subject of writing assignments, like uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've ever done like a full episode on writing assignments, but I, I thought that we should because like they're really important to me, and I know that Bex has sometimes found them important too. And uh, one of the ways that we use the notes app for that is when you and me started doing chastity stuff where I was taking on a more dominant role as the key holder, like I was and am really apprehensive about dominance because I'm just not a very confident person. And so I had assigned you the task of like keeping a journal every time that you're in chastity where you would share kind of like thoughts on scenes and sorry I just got distracted because that just reminded me that today you put an item on my to-do list that said to give scene feedback for what we did yesterday and I forgot (laughs) to do that that's okay there's still time there's still time uh maybe I'll just I mean it was a good scene it was a good scene good I don't I don't have much feedback it was just like positive and good just unrelated to chastity but we had not um had phone sex in over a month because I was staying yeah, there. Yeah, because we're here. Yeah. So, I mean, that is another way that we use the Notes app for protocol is you will remind me by putting it on my to-do list to give you scene feedback, which, as I was just saying about the chastity thing, like feedback is really useful for, especially for dominance and tops, but really for anybody because you can think you know what you're doing and you can think that it's going well, but you can be wrong about that. And also, contrary to that, you can think that you're doing a terrible job and be wrong about that. So uh, I think that when we do writing assignments of that type for each other, that it can really help shore up both of our confidence in our dynamic. Absolutely. And maybe I can talk now about how I layer some more advanced technology on top of just the texting nudes and, and the notes app, which is which is more recent. Sound good? Please do, yes. Okay. So um, on iOS at least, and I think there's a similar thing on Android, uh, there's a shortcuts app that allows you to script your devices, your iPad, your iPhone, um, to do certain things when certain things happen. So it's almost like it, it itself is following protocols in a way, if you think about it. <laughs> um, and so I've set up a bunch of these automations to, for instance, Notice when you send me a shower nude, because you also always accompany it with a specific emoji in the protocol, which is the shower head emoji. And so my phone notices when those come in and then says, hey, you can go check off on your little on on my phone, on my uh, to do list that you have showered. And I have that that you showering as like a repeating task every three days. That way, when I know it's been three days since I got one of those, that's how I know to check in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're if you're dominating um, at this level where you're trying to keep track of that much stuff about someone's life, it helps to employ systems to do the dominance, not just making the submissive employ those systems. Yeah, because I think it's a common problem that we hear about with folks in DS Dynamics where there's protocols where like 
if the submissive forgets to do something, it can be hurtful to the dom because they're like, I put all this effort into assigning this and I feel like you right. don't like respect my dominance or whatever. And then equally so, it can be hurtful to a submissive if a dominant forgets about protocol that they had assigned and then the sub feels like they're just like doing it for nothing, basically. And so I really appreciate and admire that you use technology to kind of make up for like the fallibility of human memory, um, especially when things in the world are so chaotic that it becomes harder to remember to, you know, stay in your routine, including protocols. So it's good to have technology Yeah, and when you're that. when you're going back and forth from from remote to in person where the protocols change slightly and how they work how they work changes, like you can't be in a consistent habit where it's always the same. So having, uh, you know, using tools makes it possible to, for me to be dominant and also at the same time do all the other stuff in my life, like run a company and make a podcast and all this stuff. The systems are what allow me to do all of those things well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also use the notes app for something that we call the sex menu, which I've talked about a few times in this show because I think it's a really brilliant idea that you came up with. But it's basically I love the like, sex menu. Yeah, I love it. It's a note that we have that's shared that is a big checklist of most of the sex and kink things that we ever do that are sort of like on our menu. And it's like categorized. You organize it really nicely. Each item has like a cute little emoji that symbolizes it. And um, it's things not only like sex acts and uh, kink acts, but also like, how do you want the session to feel? And like, what kinds of names do you want to be called and stuff like that? And sometimes you will have me fill that out before we have sex or phone sex um, mm -hmm. to give you a sense like, uh, you know, a palette of permission as Sinclair Sexsmith calls it. And sometimes we do it in a way that's more like, you fill out all the ones that you'd be up for and I uncheck the ones that I don't want to do. Yeah, or um, I can do the, there's, it's split into uh, giving and receiving sections. So stuff that I would be, like to receive or stuff that you would like to receive. And sometimes I'll fill out the receiving section for myself and you'll fill it out for yourself or vice versa. There's lots of ways to use it. Um, and if you want to do a, an abbreviated version, you could just say like, just fill out the stuff that you want to receive. Don't worry about the giving part or don't worry about what I want to receive or just fill out the acts. Don't worry about the names and the, and the, um, uh, how you want to feel part. Mm -hmm. And there's also a section at the top that we added where I put, um, what my chronic pain levels are like and like any particular areas where. I'm feeling that, which is useful information. And I really like the sex menu because I am a person who really struggles to vocalize what I want, um, not only because I find it a bit like shame triggering to say those things out loud sometimes, but also mm. because often like I don't really know, like being a person with responsive desire if someone just sort of asks me out of the blue, like, I want to have sex with you, like, what do you want me to do? I won't necessarily be turned on. And so I won't necessarily have like a lot of access to that knowledge. Whereas if right. I'm going through this menu, I take a moment on every single item to sort of feel it in my body, visualize it, think about what that thing feels like and think about whether it's a yes for me in that moment. So it's a really good consent tool, but it's also a really good tool for getting to know your own desires in the moment. Yeah. It also unlocks, um, you know, before we had that specific tool, a lot of the time I would 
top you in a sort of intuitive way. And that's still fun to do sometimes as well, where you're just like reading someone's energy and figuring out what they might like. And if you're fucking someone a lot and you're their dominant and you have all this access to their um, fantasies and stuff through journals and conversations, you can, you can do that. And it's a, it's a cool skill to be able to build up. But what you might miss out on is, oh, this was the one night that your submissive was thinking about water spark, water sports. You missed that opportunity. And like it's going to be kind of a long time before that they're in that headspace again. So if you have the mm-hmm. explicit communication, you get to do things that are more of a sometimes food where it's like, oh, yeah, this, this actually does perfectly sync up. I also was thinking about that kink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how sometimes you will look at the list of things that I've checked and kind of cluster things. So you'll be like, I'm seeing like two or three main themes here. We could do something that's more like relaxing massage body worship kind of thing, or we could do something that's more like um, intense pain, or we could do something that's more of a role play. And sometimes you'll give me options from within that which is nice. Yeah, you could imagine you could imagine uh in in some far-flung future where again I have time to build this, you you sort of build that with AI. You you make this its own application, this sex menu and then the AI can say like, "Oh, these things go well together. Here's here's a, some suggested pairings for tonight, you know. You can do a scene <laughs> that's like this or a scene that's like this." Sex But I like doing AI. it. I like doing it with uh with my head. Two other apps that I wanted to um point out also while we're on this topic um, mm-hmm. one of which I've used and one of which I haven't. The one that I haven't used is Obedience. I have tested it out, but I've never actually used it uh, in a DS dynamic. But Obedience, it's a habit tracker for BDSM couples. That's what they say. And it allows you to input protocol and the habits that you want your submissive to do. It also supports rewards and punishments, if that's the kind of dynamic that you're in, a more disciplinary dynamic potentially. And it supports things like the submissive earning points and then spending those points on specific rewards, stuff like that. So if that feels, if that kind of like you complete this habit every day, you earn points, you you get stuff, feels um, like it matches your dynamic, that might be a better way to do it because it can calculate that stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also specifically designed for for uh bdsm so it's so it does um it does kind of look the part it's got a very sort of 50 shades of gray uh aesthetic (laughs) um the other one the other one is not for that but it um it's one that i have considered using with you and that is uh streaks which is just a is the habit tracker that i use for my own habits and recently added support for sharing um sharing habits so if i wanted to say hey can you like help me be accountable to the fact that I want to work out three times a week. You can share that habit and then the other person gets notifications when you do or, or don't do the, do the thing. Yeah. I find protocols really useful for um, helping me with my self care in particular um, and being accountable to not only a person whose opinion I care about, but also their technology, which is much more like exacting than many people would be, is helpful in making sure that yeah. I shower and take my supplements and all of that stuff. Any other protocol apps before we move on? Well, not quite protocol, but I did just get into um, using Notion for some sex stuff. So mm-hmm. I've... Uh, uh, having dated you, I, my sex toy collection has grown probably much faster than it would have 
uh, otherwise. <laughs> and so I, I got to the point where I was like, I don't even know everything I have at this point anymore. I don't know where I think everything is. And I wanted to create a sex toy inventory. And I thought a little bit about what tool would be best for that. You could do it in a spreadsheet, but you'd lack some of the sort of databasey features that I wanted. You could do it in Airtable. But I, I settled on um, Notion and I've built a, for every sex toy that I own, there's an image, there's the name of the toy, the brand, when I got it, whether it was a gift or I purchased it or it was a review unit, and then also whether it still needs to be reviewed. So some things you get sent um, by companies that you can't review because you don't have the right anatomy for them or you're not interested in them, and I help you review those things. And it's helpful for me to have a filtered view of what those are uh, in case I have time to, to help out with that or want to offer um, to use one of those during a session. Yeah, you are so much more organized by that than I will ever be. Like, I I think that my collection has surpassed a size where I feel even that it's possible to put it all in a database. Um, it would be a lot of work. It would be a lot of work. And there's giant bins of dildos at my parents' house still. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I know because periodically they have to, like, get something cleaned over there or whatever. And my mom will be like, I moved the the bin of dildos. Uh, yeah. It's it's also good for just that moment of like you know what what do you want to use tonight like if you're if you're in one of those moods where you're like you want to use a toy and 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 say like oh like what what should we use tonight I I can't keep them all in my head so just being able to flip through all the images and be like oh yeah it's been a while since I've used that stroker okay I should I should pull that out and charge it yeah and we don't put all of your toys on the sex menu because that would be too many but right. uh, we have a few on there that are sort of the ones that we most often reach for although i wonder if there would be a benefit to like adding new ones in or you know swapping them out periodically yeah probably okay so a listener question that we got there's a lot of listener questions that we got for this that i don't even know what they mean (laughs) um but i assume that you do and one of them was have you considered making an ossm which stands for open source sex machine um, which sounds like uh, a record player that plays episodes of Violet Blue's old podcast. That's a joke just for the old school <laughs> sex nerds. But uh, what's have you considered making an OSSM? What is that? I have not personally considered it because I don't really think of myself as a maker in that sense. But an open source sex machine is this thing that's documented on kinkymakers.com, which is one of the one of the websites and and. Uh, groups, it might be one person, it might be a group of people who are really into this stuff, really into sex tech and, and maker culture and DIY. And they've put up the schematics of how to 3D print the necessary parts, what kind of motors and timing belts and things you want to buy, and then how to how to assemble it all. And it's all open source. You, 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 can, you can look at exactly how they did it and you can do it yourself. Um, so if you want to build a sex machine and you are much more DIY than me, this looks like a really fun uh, weekend project with your partner or your submissive or uh, as a service thing, as like a gift. Do you think that this would be more cost effective than just buying a sex machine? Because And by sex machine, I should clarify, I mean basically... I think this is what you mean too, like a fucking machine. A fucking like machine, a, yes. Yeah, like a machine that does like a thrusting motion and you can like attach like a dildo to it or whatever. But like right. they can be pretty expensive. I was writing a piece about them recently and they can get up to like $500, $700, $1,000. Um, yeah. Would it be more cost effective to, to make it yourself or is it not because you have to put money up front into getting the 3D printer and stuff? 
with anything like this, um, you have to think about how, how you value your time. Uh, so the, the, the bill of materials is around $120, but yes, you do have to have access to a 3D printer. And there are maker spaces in many cities where you can get access to a 3D printer. You don't need to necessarily own it, uh, in some libraries even. Um, oh, wow. But I think this is not... <laughs> can you imagine nope. trying to print a sex yeah. machine at the public <laughs> at library? The library? I don't know about it. Yeah. I think that that's well. You're only printing a few parts, and no one no one would know what they are. Uh, they're 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 not uh, they're not sexy looking parts. <laughs> you don't think um, anyone's going to come in and be like, "Huh, no. what are you doing in there?" No, uh, but <laughs> but uh, I don't think anyone who's doing this is doing this to save money. I think they're doing it because they wanna they wanna do a project like this, and they wanna have that kind of ownership of the thing that's fucking them. And I I admire that. Yes. Yeah, I remember that there was a period of time when I was really interested in the subculture of usually 40 to 50 something cis men who were making their own fucking machines like in their garages or whatever. And it did seem like there was something that was gratifying to them about the fact that they were making it versus just buying it. And I think that it's sort of like, it like scratches that itch of like, wanting to like use your use your hands and like put something together and like do handyman stuff while also like fulfilling a sexual fantasy it's really interesting yeah exactly so we did get a, another question about 3d printing which was someone was wondering do you know how i can find out which 3d printing materials are slash can be body safe which is fascinating to me i had never really thought about this before and someone in the discord brought up that like definitely you could 3d print um like a mold or a model that you could then use to cast a silicone dildo or something like that which i think seems like probably the most reasonable way to do this if you're if you have access to silicone and and you want your thing to be body safe but do you know anything about this i know you did some research yeah i did some research on it i've never done this either um but this awesome maker and 3d printer who also runs a discord of folks who are interested in this which i would recommend that person join um has written a whole guide uh, a, a quick uh 3d printing sex toys a quick easy and safe method and the key is yes you you can print a mold uh, for a dildo safely with a 3D printer. I don't think uh, most consumer level th- 3D printers will be able to print a body safe uh, insertable toy just because uh, of porosity, number one, w- with the 3D printing process. And number two, that a lot of the materials that you can 3D print with um, when heated up will tend to uh, deform. So y- you want something that is very solid, non-porous, if you're going to put it inside your body. And so printing a mold and then pouring silicone into the mold is, uh, is, a, is the way to go. The Discord is called uh, 3D Printing After Dark, if you want to find it. Okay. I will put a link, if I can find it, in the show notes. Um, this just reminded me of, I'm reading uh, Nil and Lore's uh anthology of erotica stories heckin lewd um we had nilin on the show a little while back and heckin lewd is a series of uh erotica stories by various authors that all center trans and non-binary folks and one of the stories in it that i was just reading there's like big themes of like sci-fi and like mythical creatures and stuff in these Mm -hmm. stories which is really not something i see too often in erotica anthologies and one of the stories was about two characters who were trying to break into 
a lab that was 3D printing nanobots and like steal the nanobots for some nefarious purpose. And there was like fucking in the lab and it was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is really inventive and cool. Uh, and I don't know that much about 3D printing, so it just all seemed like <laughs> magic to me. If, if there was a uh, if there was a nanobot uh, that could that could be safely inserted into your body, or a group of nanobots that could be safely inserted into your body to do sexy things, would you let people put nanobots in you for that? But like, wh- what sexy things could they really do if they're that small? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Go into your brain and change the pleasure centers around something. Something nuts. Oh, my God. That sounds like that weird patch that uh, I forget the name of the company, but there's a company that made a patch that like set, like disrupts the electrical signals between the brain and the penis. Yeah. And it's supposed to help with premature ejaculation. And it's not out yet, so I won't. <laughs> it doesn't matter that much uh, for me to say the name of it. But, um, yeah, shit like that is very intriguing to me, but also very scary yeah. because you're messing with nerve pathways in a way that like, I don't know, kind of freaks me out. Like I remember talking to my friend Brent about uh, electrostim and Mm. he, he was worried about electrostim because he had read stories about like people putting e-stim toys on their genitals and like it fucking with the nerve pathways in such a way that maybe you would like permanently lose sensitivity or like lose your ability to get hard or something like that. And I was like, I think that that's pretty rare, but also I understand the, <laughs> the apprehension around. That. Yeah, totally. I don't really want Eastim on my genitals. We were just reading a thing recently. Oh, about, I do. Uh, I definitely do. I mean, that's understandable given your interests, but, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting recently when we were we were talking about the power tripper, which is the attachment for the neon wand that allows you to basically turn your body into a, an electricity conductor so that anywhere you touch the person, um, they will feel zapped. And you mentioned that, like, if you gave someone oral sex while you had the power tripper on you, that it would be, like, e-stim, like, painful oral sex. Yeah. And I was like, uh, like, I definitely see how <laughs> some people could be into that, but that sounds terrifying to me. Yeah. But uh there's technology out there to do just about anything. And also with that with sexual. that toy you can if you're doing impact, the electricity can flow through certain impact uh implements. There's a lot you can do with the power tripper. I highly rec- highly recommend it. Yeah. It's very scary and very good. We were somewhat talking about this last week in our discussion of like Bluetooth toys and butt plug IO, but uh someone was asking, are there any good self-hosted wireless toy options for the privacy conscious and i looked at this question i was like this is mystifying to me i don't even i I barely even understand my own web hosting so i don't really know what this (laughs) means i I think self-hosted uh is just this person trying to communicate that they want something that doesn't need to connect to uh a server to be controlled right so Mm -hmm. you can just buy the toy you can use it over bluetooth and it never has to touch any company's server and yes uh there are but only really due to the work of buttplug io um and and folks who are working on that project you can buy a toy from any of these almost any of these companies that make bluetooth sex toys and if it's on the compatibility list of brands that buttplug io supports you can use that completely just on your own network uh, just in your own um 
Bluetooth environment and, and never have to download or install the company's uh, app, which might report back to their server. So uh, that's how I would do it. And the specific um, but plug uh, but plug IO project that I would look at for this is their um, desktop app. I believe it's called Interface, which is a, a sort of a pun on interface, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but the butt plug IO guy just said that he would come on our show sometime, so maybe I'll have a chance to ask him. Yes. Um, actually, one of the questions that we got was about the butt plug IO interface. Um, this person asked, "What's your favorite game to play while using the interface game haptics router?" And I don't think <laughs> that either of us have have tried this. You're no. not much of a gamer, and I'm not much for this level of advanced technology. But that sounds intriguing just based on what I know each of those words to mean. Because if I'm not mistaken, haptics refers to like sensory feedback from, you know, I'm not even going to try to attempt it. Yeah, no you're, no, you're exactly right. Like if you're imagining uh, like uh, an Xbox or PlayStation controller with like a rumble pack inside of it that when you run downstairs or shoot someone in a game or something it vibrates in your hands that's haptics oh and the so butt they're plug- saying like your butt plug could vibrate every time you like get shot in in exactly. james bond Fire or something yeah yes that's yes. very uh, interesting huh there's a lot of work yeah. put- i'm trying to think of what game i would enjoy that with and like you said i don't play that many like pc games i'm more of a casual gamer sometimes on my phone but i think i would enjoy it with um, some kind of like really complicated puzzle solving game. Like when you solve the puzzle, you get like a little, uh, a little stimulation that would be fun. Um, mm. or, uh, I, I did really enjoy the, the, uh, game portal. And I feel like every time you g- went through a portal and teleported, if you just got a, like a little, uh, little vibration, that would be nice. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking of it in a more combative way where, like I did mention James Bond Nightfire because that is how long it's been since I uh, have owned a console is like this is an original Xbox game that I used to play a lot with my brother. But when you get shot and maybe when you shoot someone, the controller vibrates. And then I was also thinking of games like Mario Kart or like racing games where maybe when when someone mm. crashes into you, it would vibrate. And That'd that seems good because then, yeah, you, then you can mess with somebody and the more that you knock into them, the more they're going to be distracted by those vibrations and maybe do even worse in the game. Yeah, that'd be a fun like sex party game where everyone's consenting and everybody has controllers and butt plugs and it's like that's the whole thing. And like maybe mm-hmm. some other folks are watching because it'd just be hilarious to watch that like on a couch with a bunch of uh, your sexy friends playing uh, playing games where they're trying to make each other's butt plugs vibrate. That seems like it would be so complicated to set up. But it would. It, it's an interesting fantasy, certainly. <laughs> Another question we got from a listener is, have you ever heard of the Edgeomatic 3000? What do you think of it? I've n- I heard don't think of, I've ever heard of it. This. Of course <laughs> I've heard of it. I want one badly. Yeah, the Edgeomatic 3000 uh, is a device, it's the second version, or maybe the third version, actually, of a of a, an orgasm denial device created by Maustech, um, who we mentioned last show. It's $490. Okay. Uh, so that's why I don't have one yet. <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a big purchase. And also, um, it 
takes 10 to 12 weeks lead time to make at this point. Oh, they're really, they're really into denial, aren't they? They're, they're, they're making them as fast as they (laughs) can. Tease and denial. Um, Yeah, exactly. So here's what it does. It, um, you connect it to a hollow inflatable butt plug and you can bring your own hollow inflatable butt plug. Uh, you put that in and then you also connect it to, um, a sort of, it has a vibrator that it comes with that you put like a hummingbird attachment on, which is the thing that goes on the top of the magic wand to, to adapt it for dicks better. Mm, okay. Um, and then you set some settings on this like really old school looking like electronics box and it measures your contractions um, to uh, keep the stimulation from making you come. So it'll ramp up, and then as it feels you contracting on the butt plug, it'll ramp down. It'll just keep doing that over and over. So you can use it to do like really long uh, tease and denial scenes by yourself. My question, though, is don't different people have different patterns of muscle contractions um, in the build up to orgasm? And isn't there a risk with this of ruining an orgasm which you know of course for some people is what they want but for me is not what i want so that's what i'm curious about <laughs> um yes uh both of those things are true but it from what i've been able to tell i've seen some videos and read their f- whole faq and stuff the, the it's the thresholds are all controllable um so you can you know you can use it one time maybe she's like okay yeah i I didn't i set the threshold a little bit too high for my own like contractions and how quickly i needed to back off and stuff and and Mm. tweak that to find your own um correct settings uh also um it's not just for people with penises uh you can you can hook it up to uh uh whatever you know you can just use the vibrator without the attachment and and use it that way if you if you want um it also there's a accessory called the Mercury 1000, which is to connect this to a stroker, specifically the the Venus stroker that I have. So that's another four hundred and eighty five dollars on top. But that allows this to um, use the same information from the butt plug, but to control the stroker instead of the vibrator. And that's six to eight weeks out. Okay, but I want to explain. I want to sure. explain what you just said, which is. The Venus uh, stroker system is not covered by that 400 and whatever dollars that you just said. Like you're talking no. about an adapter to make right. those two devices talk to each other. So this gets to be a really expensive hobby. Yeah, like- this is for this is for <laughs> r- r- real orgasm control nerds that are saving up for this. Yeah, I because I think the total for the Venus plus those two things would be around 2,000-ish. Yeah, yeah. That's so much money. I don't know about it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if it makes you happy, I guess go for it. Yeah. The the other thing that the Mercury can do, you know, even without the Edgematic, is allow you to control the Venus with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and over USB. So it makes it, uh, it makes it a... Uh, internet connected sex toy where the Venus is completely uh, manual and just uses um, buttons and, and, and dials uh, as it, as it's sold. Hmm. Interesting. I love that there are so many nerds who 
are devoting so much of their time and energy and substantial brain power to solving sexual problems and devising interesting sexual scenarios. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just makes my heart happy. Yeah, me too. Me too. The first version of the Edgematic was called the Nogasm. This is the upgraded, the upgraded <laughs> model. <laughs> That's interesting from a marketing perspective because I imagine some people who are using this device don't want to have Nogasm. They just want it <laughs> to be delayed, right? They're going to take right. over when they're right. ready. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. I think just one last question from a listener who was wondering if we had tried sex in VR, either with a partner or with VR porn. And we were talking about VR and AR a little bit last week, but I I mainly wanted to discuss with you, like, if we both had the ability to do VR sex stuff, like, would we do that? Do you think we would incorporate that into our long distance relationship? Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried VR sex or VR porn. I would absolutely try them both. Um, Interested too. I just haven't, there hasn't been a VR setup that was like the right combo of price and the stuff that I would want to do with it that I've purchased one. But at some point it will come down in price or it'll get better enough at doing the kinds of things that I want to use it for. Uh, This being one of them that I, that I will get one. And at that point, yeah, like if we both had VR setups that we were happy with, I would definitely fuck you in VR. I think the first and second times of that would kind of dictate like how it went would kind of dictate whether we incorporated it more than just as like a stunt journalism kind of thing. But uh, Mm. I could see it. Yeah, the thing with all these long-distance sexual technologies is the bar is high given that we have really good phone sex. And and we don't even it. have video sex, like, yeah, usually. We, so, we yeah, the bar is very high. FaceTime audio. And it's like, even though I do have to touch myself in the ways that you're describing and whatever, it it feels so much more natural to me at this point than trying to incorporate most technologies into it because we've done it hundreds of times and I'm just used to doing it. And because it doesn't require any special equipment beyond my phone and my headphones. So like when we try to incorporate new technologies, they just often feel really clunky and unnecessary. And and the thing is right. like they are designed to create a more seamless and more realistic experience. And I know that there are many people who find phone sex and Skype sex, et cetera, very awkward. I guess I should say Zoom sex. I guess we're not saying Skype sex anymore. <laughs> it's just um, more, it's nice because it's alliterative, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think there, there are a ton of people who find it very awkward. I think because it's mostly about talking and a lot of people are very uncomfortable talking about sex as we were mentioning earlier and so with a lot of these devices they're meant to just translate sensation into sensation or like movement into sensation and so you don't have to do that but for me at this point like with the way my brain is wired and also just with the amount of phone sex we've had I'm kind of just like it's got to be better than phone sex for me to want to use it uh very often and yeah almost exactly I I think one of the things with VR sex is that it's it could also be great for people who the visual component of sex is a big part of it, which mm-hmm. for me, it's nice, but it's not really what I, I'm focusing on when I'm having sex. I'm not like 
really super duper focusing on the visuals. A lot of the times I'm blindfolded, you're blindfolded, your eyes are closed or my eyes are closed. It's mm-hmm. uh, if, if it could do taste and scent, I'd be there like immediately. Those are much more important <laughs> uh, senses to me during sex uh, as yeah. is here, here like sounds. So it just kind of depends on what your, what your modalities are. Yeah. Do you know anything about that, about attempts to replicate the taste and scent aspects of sex through technology? I don't. Do you? All I can think of is that someone made that product that you were supposed to be able to apply to your vagina that supposedly tastes and smelled like real vagina. And it was supposed to, or I should say, like, you know, factory installed vaginas and it was uh, some people were discussing the potential implication for trans femmes who've had surgery and now have Mm -hmm. like a surgically constructed vagina and like that maybe that would that would be good for that but uh, I have not checked in on that company in a long time I don't know if that went well I don't know if uh, there's enough of a market for that yeah yeah that's interesting I think um, I think that we're far far away from being able to transmit uh taste and smell over the internet but i i'm sure that um i'm sure that some intrepid sex nerd is is working on it in their garage similar to the edgeomatic like somebody's got to want it as much as me <laughs> it's kind of some willy wonka shit yeah <laughs> but for now the best we can do is for me to send you a used pair of underwear and for you to smell it while we have phone sex and that absolutely the the u.s postal fine. service canada post can handle it <laughs> yeah (laughs) technology (laughs) all right well thank you for joining us for this discussion of sex tech and thank you to mb for joining us as well for joining me thanks for having me always a delight to talk to my own spouse um whether it be over the phone late at night in whispered tones or over zoom in the daytime doing my job uh (laughs) I am Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net. You can find a lot of my other work at katesloan.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. And uh, where's your stuff? I am on Twitter at MB on Instagram at Matt B. And I write not usually about sex, but sometimes about apps on my website at matthewbischoff.com. I'm hosting a new podcast. Episode two just came out. It's about celebrity crushes called Absolutely Crushed. And you can find that wherever you get your podcasts or at absolutelycrushed.com. People should check out the second episode of Absolutely Crushed if they're listening to this because it is about James Spader. And so there is a lot of discussion of the movie Secretary and about James Spader's sort of kinky sexual uh reputation and persona and vibe um and sort of why he just resonates with so many people as a dominant figure in film um i think that the character christian gray from 50 shades of gray was at least loosely inspired by james spader's character e edward gray in secretary um Because, I mean, not only the name, but also he's just like this powerful, strong, dominant guy. And he's also like sort of emotionally messed up in similar ways to how Christian Grey is. And I I really enjoyed that episode of Absolutely Crushed because you really dove into some of the like psychosexual stuff about that movie and about James Spader. 
good stuff. Um, I want to say thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. You can help us keep doing this show by pledging at patreon.com slash the dildorks. You get access to, uh, at the $12 level, our monthly bonus episodes. I did one recently with Bex that was really fun and funny. Um, and our top tier supporters also get a shout out every week on this show. And I want to say thank you to them. Thank you so much to Stabitha Christie, Nat, Suki, Amelia, Argo, Tiffany, and you, MB. Thank You're you welcome. for the support. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. I love you. I love you. Um, another question we got is have you ever heard of the edgeomatic? Actually, I have to pee so bad. Do you mind? I don't mind. Okay, I'll be RV. Whoa. Yes, surprise reveal. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Never wearing pants. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Um <clears throat>